take our Bibles this morning and let's turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. I know we read from Exodus chapter 2. That's because it relates to Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> so Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. <clears throat> and we're going to read from verse 23. Hebrews 11 verse 23 it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be uh, together in this place and to worship you, uh, to sing praise to your name. And Lord, we thank you for your holy word, and we pray that this morning you would uh, speak to our hearts you would teach us and instruct us through it. Lord, I pray that you would give me wisdom and guidance now as I speak. Empower me through the Spirit. And Lord, may everything I say this morning be uh, your words and your thoughts. May you be honored and glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Hebrews 11, verse 24 to verse 27 there, <clears throat> we really read the familiar verses concerning Moses' faith. You know, we know those verses well. Speaking about what uh, Moses did by faith. Now, Moses, as we know, he was raised in Pharaoh's palace. And, you know, in essence, he was in line to the throne. He'd been adopted into Pharaoh's house. He grew up with every advantage. You know, Acts chapter 7 and verse 22, where Stephen's talking about it. Stephen says, "And And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in word and in deeds. And so he had everything going for him. He'd been trained in Pharaoh's palace. He'd been taught by the best teachers. He was mighty in word and in deed. He had everything going for him in a material sense. But in verse 24 of Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that when he was come to years, he made a choice. Moses made a choice by faith. He chose to identify with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin, for a season. He gave up his status as a prince of Egypt and chose to identify with the slaves, God's people. You know, by faith, Moses gave up everything that he had materially and he chose, as it says in verse 26, he chose the reproach of Christ. You know, the writer of Hebrews quite clearly tells us that he made (coughs) these decisions by faith. That was the motivation Behind it all, it was his faith in God. And the question might be asked then, where did Moses learn this faith? Well, the answer is given to us in verse 23, isn't it? Verse 23 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Where did Moses learn his faith? Well, the answer is from his parents. 
He learned from their example. You know, without doubt, they are influential in this whole story. We sort of overlook it at times, we sort of skim through it, but they are influential in this whole story of faith. You know, they were themselves true heroes of the faith. They're here in Hebrews chapter 11, aren't they? They're heroes of the faith, and the fact that Moses became a great man of faith has a lot to do with his parents and their faith in the Lord. You know, Moses, as we know, was born during the time that Pharaoh had decreed that all baby boys born to the Israelites were to be thrown into the River Nile. They were to be put to death. And so Moses, when he was born, you know, his parents had a decision to make. They had a decision to make, and by faith they chose to hide him for three months. That's what our verse here this morning, verse 23, tells us. By faith they made this decision. You know, they faced the greatest crisis in their life with faith. And in doing so, God blessed them for it, didn't he? God blessed them abundantly because of their faith. You know, there is a great example here for us in Moses' parents. A great example of faith for us to follow, to learn from. You see, faith must be the attitude that governs our lives. It must be the attitude that governs us. Our faith in the Lord. You know, when we live by faith, it will help us to face every crisis. And to come through the other side victorious. You know, faith is indeed the the greatest blessing, the greatest heritage that we can pass on to our children. Now, far above anything else in this life, faith is the most important thing we can teach them. And in this verse this morning, we see the example of the faith of Moses' parents. And I know we're not all parents here this morning, but whether we're parents or grandparents or not yet parents, it doesn't matter. The example of living by faith applies to us all, doesn't it? And so this morning, I want us to look at the example of uh, Moses' parents and their faith. And so first of all, here we see the partnership of faith. We see the partnership of faith. In verse 23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. It says, By faith his parents did this. Moses' parents are both said to have acted in faith here. You know, Exodus chapter 6 and verse 20 gives us the names of Moses' parents. Let's just turn over there. Just quickly, Exodus 6. And stay there for a minute because we'll turn to Exodus 2 in a minute as well. So let's just go over to Exodus for a minute. Exodus chapter 6. Exodus 6 and verse 20. It says, And Amram took him Jochebed, his father's sister to wife, and she bare him Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of Amram were 137 years. And so here we're given the names of Moses' parents, Amram and Jochebed. And Hebrews tells us, the writer of Hebrews tells us that both Amram and Jochebed were men and women of faith. They lived by faith, the two of them together. He says his parents. You know, when we read the account in Exodus chapter 2, we don't read anything about Amram, do we? We don't read anything about his faith in Exodus 2. He's not reported as really having a part in saving Moses. Just go quickly to Exodus 2, as I said, Exodus 2. And let's just read from verse 1. 
It says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dug it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. If you read those verses there in Exodus, if we were to read Exodus 2 in isolation, you know, we would be led to believe that his father really didn't have much of a part in this. His father didn't really have a part in this, in these acts of faith here. You know, the writer of Hebrews clears that up for us as the writer of Hebrews says that by faith, his parents. And so there is a partnership here. Both of them together were acting in faith. You know, Amram, because he was a slave, he would have spent much of his days out working in the field, wouldn't he? He would have spent much of his days laboring, making those bricks for Pharaoh, for Pharaoh's treasure, treasure cities. And so he wouldn't have been home to do many of the things that Jochebed is said to do in Exodus chapter 2. You know, Amram did support his wife. Hebrews 11 makes that clear. He supported his wife in her actions here. This was a marriage that was united in faith in the Lord. There's no conflict here between their spiritual beliefs. It's not as if Jochebed's acting on her own. They're both united in their faith in the Lord. And you know, without doubt, this made for an ideal home, doesn't it? You know, because both the mother and father were united in the faith. This is an ideal home situation. You know, this is God's desire for every home, isn't it? God's desire for every home is that the mother and father together are united in their faith in the Lord and that God is the, the center of that marriage. He's the center of that family. That's God's desire for the perfect home. And, you know, we might think that, you know, this would have been the norm in Israel, you know, in the, in the rest of the, the, uh, the Israelites there living in the land of Goshen in Egypt, we might be led to think that this was the norm, but sadly that wasn't the case. This wasn't the case for every Israelite family. Many, after almost 400 years of captivity, had turned their back on the Lord. They'd forsaken God, and they'd actually turned unto the idols of Egypt. Ezekiel tells us that. Just turn over to Ezekiel chapter 20. In Ezekiel 20 and verse 6, it says, In the day that I lifted up mine hand unto them to bring them forth out of the land, sorry, of the land of Egypt into a land that I espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. Then said I unto them, Cast ye away every man the abomination of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me. And would not hearken unto me. They did, every, did not every man cast away the abomination of their eyes, neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I wrought for my name's sake that it should not be polluted before the heathen among whom they were, in whose sight I made myself known unto them in bringing them forth out of the land of Egypt. Again, we see... Uh, another passage adding something that we don't see in Exodus chapter 2, do we? We don't read in Exodus chapter 2 of the, the fact that they are now, many of them, living in idolatry. But Ezekiel fills this in for us. Ezekiel tells us that many of them are now 
in captivity, spiritual captivity, to idols. They've forsaken the Lord. They've become addicted to the idols of Egypt. And so many were bringing up their children not knowing the Lord, weren't they? Many of these Israelite families were bringing up their children not knowing the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. You know, that wasn't the case in the house of Amram and Jochebed. They were bringing up their children to know the Lord. Even though many around them were not walking in faith, they were walking by faith. Even though many around them had taken their eyes off the Lord and turned unto idols, Amram and Jochebed dared to walk by faith. You know, think for a moment about the circumstances that they're living in. And yet they still, in the midst of it all, didn't lose their faith in God. I mean, they've both been born into captivity, haven't they? That's all they've ever known their whole lives. They've known captivity. They've known nothing other than slavery. Every day Amram is forced to, to work hard under the hot sun. He's, he's forced to, to work hard under the, the, the whips of the Egyptian slave masters. You know, they've obviously been brought up to be told that they're God's people. Their parents have obviously told them this. But you know, as they looked around them and they looked at the situation they were in, it must have been hard to see God. It must have been hard to see how God was in this, how God was in control. And yet they maintained their faith in the Lord through it all. And you know, then matters get worse, don't they? Because then Pharaoh makes this decree that all the the baby boys, the male children, are to be thrown into the, the river Nile and be put to death. But again, even here, their faith is not shaken, is it? They still act in faith in the Lord. Indeed, you know, as I was thinking about this week, we have here an example of the very uh, overriding principle that we looked at last weekend at the conference. Be still and know that I am God. That's what we see here. These two, these, these parents here are being still and trusting in God, aren't they? In the knowledge that God's in control. There's a, a patient reliance here upon the Lord. During the midst of this ongoing and seemingly never-ending trial, because that's what it is. It's a trial that's been going on for a long time. And yet they patiently waited upon the Lord. They walked by faith, not by sight. You know, what an example this was, not just for Moses, but for Miriam and Aaron. What, just, what an example this was for them to see their parents here acting by faith in the midst of this trial. You know, if Moses' parents could live by faith in the midst of such adversity and such suffering, we don't really have an excuse to not live by faith today, do we? In the evil world in which we live, there is wickedness all around us, yes, but there is no excuse for not living and acting by faith. You know, our homes must be a place where mum and dad together walk by faith, live by faith. You know, a life of faith that, that is evident to our children. They ought to be able to see our faith. You know, we're repeatedly told throughout the Scriptures, the just shall live by faith, aren't we? And that should be the case for all of us as parents. If we're not parents, Future parents, grandparents, we should live by faith. You know, I was thinking about this week, you know, if we're going to fulfill our role 
as parents. You know, Ephesians talks about bringing our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. If we're going to do that, we have to live by faith, don't we? Can't hope to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord if we're not walking and living by faith in our God. You know, our children must see our faith in the midst of those trials. And we all go through them, don't we? We go through hard times. In the midst of those hardships of life, our children must see our faith. You know, even when those trials are over and we're going through the seemingly easier times, we still need to act and live by faith, don't we? We need to live with a, a conscious, uh, conscious uh, patient dependence upon the Lord each and every day. A partnership of faith. And we see secondly here now, this morning, we see the priority of faith. The priority of faith. Uh, Hebrews 11 again, verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. You know, verse 23 here tells us what this faith led them to do. This wasn't just faith in words. And I'm sure they taught their children about the Lord. They taught their children about the covenants of God with Israel. But they didn't just speak it, they lived it. They acted upon their faith. You know, as we read in the Word of God, now, faith is demonstrated by our actions, isn't it? By the way we live. And they demonstrated their faith here by their actions. They had a difficult choice before them, didn't they? When Moses was born, they're facing a, a difficult decision. You know, would they obey the decree of Pharaoh and throw Moses into the, the Nile River? Or would they stand against Pharaoh and obey God? That's the decision before them. Obey God or obey man. You know, verse 23 tells us that they made the decision to hide him for three months because they saw he was a proper child. It says in verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. A proper child. The word proper here means good-looking. So it's saying that he was a good-looking child. In Exodus 2, it says that he was a goodly child. And again, it's conveying that same idea. He was a beautiful-looking child. But you know, there's more here than just physical, look, uh, physical looks. There's more involved here. The account in Acts chapter 7 says that when Moses was born, he was exceeding fair. Just turn over there, Acts 7. In Acts 7 and verse 20, it says, In which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. The words exceeding fair there in the Greek literally mean fair to God. That's what it means, fair to God. And so we understand here that this is more than just outward beauty. There's something more here. He's a good-looking child. But there's more to it. By faith, Moses' parents here perceived that this child was special to God. This child was something special. The Lord was going to use him. The Jewish historian Josephus, he tells the story that Amram received a dream in which he was told the child would deliver Israel. And you know, if that's true, 
then it would be consistent, wouldn't it, with other notable births in the Word of God? You know, where the, the birth is announced to the parents. I mean, you think of Samson, you think of John the Baptist, you think of our Lord. The birth was announced to the parents. And so maybe that story is true. That's the Jewish tradition. But it's not found in the Word of God, is it? But in any case here, they perceive by faith that this child was special to God. They perceive that there's something special. God is going to use this child. And they made the decision by faith to hide him for three months. Now they made a decision to act in defiance of the king of Egypt. To go against the decree. They chose to obey God rather than men. You know, we might sit here this morning and think, you know, this was something that all parents would naturally do. Surely this is just maternal instinct, that they would want to save their child. But the sad reality is that many in Israel were not sparing their children. Many in Israel were actually sacrificing their children for fear of the king's wrath, rather than placing their faith in God. They feared the wrath of Pharaoh. Acts 7, where we've been before, Acts 7 and verse 19 uh, indicates this to us. Now, starting verse 18, it says, Till another king arose, which knew not Joseph, the same dealt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children. To the end, they might not live. The verse 19 there in Acts 7 indicates that many of the Israelites were actually obeying the king, King Pharaoh, and they were throwing their children into the Nile River rather than by faith trusting God. Now, as we mentioned earlier, many of them have forsaken the Lord. Many of them are seeking after idols, and so it makes sense, doesn't it? If they're already seeking after false gods. These unbelieving Jews now fear the king more than God, don't they? They fear the king. And so in contrast to that, once again, standing out as different, we have Amram and Jochebed. Standing out in by faith, they hide their son. You know, the end of verse 23 there in Hebrews 11, it says, And they were not afraid of the king's commandments. They hid their son for three months and they weren't afraid of the king. They didn't fear what man would do unto them. You see, they hid their son, not fearing the consequences. And they had peace doing it. Why? Because they trusted in God. They trusted in the Lord. They didn't fear man. They feared God. And in this action of hiding Moses, they showed where their priorities lay. You see, they showed that the priority in their life was God, and therefore obedience to God came first, didn't it? Their faith decided the priority. It meant that God came first. Obedience to God came first. You know, it took great faith to defy the king, didn't it? Think about it. They were risking their lives by hiding Moses. But they did so because they knew their God was greater. And they knew that obedience to God was far more important than even their own lives. They were willing to lose their lives to obey God rather than men. You know, the hiding of a baby was no easy thing to do. You know, we're not told how they went about doing it, but to conceal a newborn baby for three months must have taken some skill some wisdom, but above all, it took a whole lot of faith, didn't it? Faith in God that God would not allow them to be discovered. 
And they did it because their faith in God meant that obedience to God was the priority. See, because God was first, they obeyed God before anything else and everyone else. You know, without doubt, God rewarded their faith, didn't He? God rewarded their obedience. Now, as we know, after those three months, they then took Moses and they placed him in an ark and they hid him in the bulrushes. And in doing so, they're again acting in faith, aren't they? Now they're, they're trusting him to the hands of God. They're trusting him to God's providential care. And God rewarded that faith by making sure that the one who found Moses was Pharaoh's daughter. You know, out of all the people who could have found him, the person who finds him is the one who actually has the power to save his life. It's the one person who could save his life. This is the providential care of God. In Exodus 2 verse 6, it says that when she opened the ark, she had compassion on him. She had compassion on him. The Lord made sure that she was the one to find him. Now, of course, even greater still was the fact that Moses was then given back to Jochebed to raise and to nurse, and she was paid to do it. That's the grace of our God, isn't it? That's the, the providential care of our God as he rewards their faith. See, because of their faith, obedience to God came first. And God rewarded them for it. And you know, the same must be true in our own lives, especially as parents. Our faith in God must come first. It must be the priority. You know, we've seen it stated in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5, verse 29 in particular, it says we ought to obey God rather than men. Obedience to God and to his word must come first before everything else, before everyone else. You know, this must be evident in our lives, especially as parents, because our children are looking at us. They're watching us. They're seeing how we act, how we behave. How do we respond to this? Do we respond in faith? Are we obeying God? Or are we responding with a lack of faith, fearing man? Our children must be able to see the priority is God and our faith in Him. Now, we have been blessed by living in a country where we have freedom to worship God without persecution. We're able to be here today without fearing someone's going to break down the door and arrest us for worshipping God. Now, so far we've not been asked to disobey God by the laws of this country. You know, that day seems to be fast approaching, doesn't it? That day, day seems to be fast approaching where we will have to make a choice like Moses' parents. Are we going to act in faith? Are we going to obey God or are we going to fear man? You know, when that day comes, whether we will stand in faith depends on the strength of that faith, the strength of our faith in God. And you know, the truth is the strength of our faith can already be seen. It's already evident in our lives by the priorities in our lives. You see, if we're truly men and women of faith, then our priorities will reflect that. God will come first. We will make time to spend with the Lord each and every day. He will be a priority to be in His Word, to be in prayer. If He's not, something's wrong with our faith, isn't it? See, faith in God means that we put Him first. Now, we will make attending church to worship the Lord a priority in our lives. Not merely something we do when it's convenient. It will be the priority. It will come first. Our ministry, our service for the Lord will be the priority. 
You know, we will make choices regarding the places we go, the things we watch, the things we do, all of which will reflect the priority in our lives. And if God is the priority, then we will show obedience in those areas too, won't we? Demonstrate our faith. You know, as, children, as parents, our children are watching us. They're learning from us. You know, if they see mum and dad don't really care to spend time in the Word and don't really care to spend time in prayer, what do you think they're learning? They're learning that it's not a priority, that it doesn't matter to mum and dad, and so it doesn't matter to them. Now, if we're whinging and complaining about going to church, what do you think we're teaching our children? If we're happily missing ministry all the time, what do you think we're teaching our children? We're not demonstrating obedience by faith. We're demonstrating a lack of faith. We're demonstrating hypocrisy, aren't we? We say one thing to them, but we live another. We're being hypocrites before our children. You see, they see what we do. They see what is a priority to mum and dad. And if obedience doesn't come first, then what are we teaching our children? You see, our children will notice when we place the concerns of this life before the Lord. You know, Matthew 6, verse 33, we know well, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God must be the priority in our lives. We must put him first. You know, Moses, he saw this in his parents and he learned from his parents' faith. He learned from them. He learnt from them as they taught him about the Lord. As I said, I'm sure they taught their children about the Lord and about God's covenants with Israel. But you know, he also learned it especially from their example. You know, verse 27, just read it with me. Hebrews 11, verse 27, it says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Sound familiar? The end of verse 23, And they were not afraid of the king's commandments. The very thing that was said about his parents is then later on said about Moses. The very same thing. He didn't fear the king because he didn't fear, because just like his parents, he had faith in God. Moses, like his parents, didn't fear the wrath of the king. He feared God. His faith in God meant that the Lord was the priority. And you know, like Amram and Jochebed, this is how we seek by God's grace to pass on our faith to our children. It's by our words, yes, but it's by our example as well. It's by our actions. You see, our children will either be hardened by our hypocrisy or they will be inspired by the consistency seen between what we say and what we do. Read that again. They will either be hardened by our hypocrisy or inspired by the consistency seen between what we say and what we do. We need to live consistent lives before our children, don't we? Lives of faith. I want to finish this morning with a quote from J.C. McCauley. He says this, I go to my biography shelves and pick out volume after volume on the men of great faith, only to discover that in most cases they were suckled and nurtured in faith. Augustine had the faith of his mother, Monica, faith not without tears. John McNeil had a father who began each morning with, I will go in the strength of the Lord God, recited on the doorsteps as he set out for his day's work. David Livingston had behind him that deep reverential type of patriarchal piety. 
The Wesleys had Susanna for their mother, a pattern of maternal faith and devotion. It is not then without reason that the story of Moses' faith is prefaced with a statement concerning the faith of his mother and father. What kind of preface are we writing to the life story of our children? Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for the example of Amram and Jochebed. We thank you for their faith. Their faith that, Lord, they then acted upon, obeying you rather than obeying man. Lord, I pray that you would help each of us. Lord, as parents, grandparents, the young people who are not yet parents but in the future, Lord, help us all to live by faith, to be men and women of faith, to be an example unto those around us, Lord. May we leave a legacy of faith for our children, we pray. May you bless now as we close in Jesus' name. Amen.